You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. going on guys welcome to another episode of peer pleasure with dewey halpas i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week we have brie morell from temple of angels and from crushed now i say it in the episode but i was listening to a top 10 of the year album episode of another podcast and uh they mentioned this band temple of angels and how beautiful this record was and my god it was beautiful i checked it out uh fell in love with it and hit up Bree. I was like, man, we got to do an episode. She was down. So we did. And uh, this was a quick one. We actually <laughs> did it on Thursday and it's coming out today. So uh, quick turnaround, which isn't usually the case. But in the new year, that's kind of how things roll. Uh, really great of Bree to come on. We had a great conversation. Uh, there will not be video. Um, it's going to be an audio only episode, which is the way things will probably continue for a while. Um, this year, I think. I don't know. We'll see. I'm still on the fence with the video stuff. Um, but what a fantastic band. What an awesome guest. Uh, great story. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot on this one. And I really, really appreciate her coming on. So after this conversation, go check out Temple of Angels. Go check out Crushed. Um, they're all on Spotify everywhere you listen to music. Uh, you will not be disappointed. So let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is email if you want to get in touch with me with questions or comments or guest ideas or any of that stuff. We also have the Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle. We have the uh, YouTube channel 
And we also have the premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. There you get the old videos, the episodes, the past cast, as well as the ad-free feed. If you really want to support the show, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify. Tell us what you think of the show. Reach out an email. Tell a friend about it. Tell a family member about it. Tell anyone about it. Tell someone at the bus station, whatever, wherever you're at. If you're on a plane, say, hey, check this podcast out. That's the best way for this thing to grow, and this thing is growing every year. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm getting into the new year, getting things done. Got a lot of episodes coming up. Uh, it's going to be a good year for the show, and uh, I'm really stoked to bring you a lot of the guests we have, including today's guest. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Brie Morell from Temple of Angels. first half of the week mm-hmm. um and the problem with i don't know if you've heard about that stuff happening in texas in recent years the winters have gotten kind of crazy where there's like a couple of weeks where it's just like freezing temperatures and um obviously texas is not built for that and um, a lot of people lose power and it's like a whole ordeal so um people are preparing for that to possibly happen again but then it warmed up a bit but i think it's supposed to get cold again so i don't know but i haven't had to deal with it because i've been living in los angeles the past few years okay now that i'm back i'm like oh god (laughs) i forgot about this so now i have to prepare for winter storms in texas which is insane that is insane i remember back in the early 2000s we were touring through there and we were driving through odessa Cause I had family there and we were driving and snow just started like pummeling the van. Like this is Texas. Like what is happening here? Yeah. I didn't get it, but this was like, this was many years ago, but I was like, it's literally a snowstorm in Texas and it just boggled my mind. And that was one of the first times we went there too. So I didn't know much about it, but my, my God, it was. Uh, yeah. Texas is crazy. Weird. It's just so big. There's all kind, you know, 
totally different mm. environments and landscapes depending on what part you're in. But um, I pretty much never saw snow my entire life. Um, it never snows, but it's become a more regular thing here in the past few years. Yeah, which That's is crazy. Wild. Mm-hmm. The, the Texas is the the one state you can drive for like eight hours. <laughs> just get yeah, to the I've, other side. I've done it multiple times this year, and I just drove to LA and back by myself. Uh-huh. And half of the drive is getting out of Texas. Absolutely, it is. I was driving from Houston to Los Angeles and back, and it's twelve hours to El Paso, and then twelve hours from El Paso to Los Angeles. Oh my god! I know, I know. Every time I say I'm never doing this drive again, and then I have to do it. I pretty much do it every year at this point, at least once. But it is a really beautiful drive. I, you know, I I don't mind it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and Texas, kind of like Idaho, like it's just, there's so, I mean, it's just a lot of nothing, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a peaceful, a peaceful nothing. Like it's just, you can kind of zone out a little bit. And it's, if you think about what you're driving through, like there's just so much there. It's crazy. Like it, the West Coast for touring is nuts because you can drive for so long and not get anywhere, but you're mm-hmm. seeing some really beautiful land. Whereas East Coast, you're driving through three states in the morning. Yeah. It's like nothing. But Texas, yeah. you could do a whole two and a half, three weeks in Texas alone, <laughs> and you'd have drives every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It is very ridiculous. And the humidity. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I grew up in Houston, so oh, I, fuck, humidity no. is my number one enemy. But Austin is not nearly. It's not like that. Yeah. But even still coming here from being in the desert the past like five years in L.A., it's like as soon as I get off the plane, I'm like, oh, my God. I can just feel you just hit with the moisture in the air immediately. <laughs> I, I definitely miss. I do love the dryness. But um. Austin, Austin's not too bad. Austin doesn't get too humid. Yeah. That's like the sister. I'm in Portland. It's like, that's like the sister city or something like that. Like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Portland of the South, as mm-hmm. it were, the cool hip uh, areas, the good, um, well, it's Texas, good barbecues everywhere, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like all the clubs and, and the music scene and, and isn't, isn't that where all the celebrities are moving now is Austin? The the big like Joe Rogan and those guys are all like taking over Austin. That guy, unfortunately, yes. Yeah, okay. Um he took over he took over our probably one of the best venues in town as well and made it a comedy club. Um, really? Which was pretty, pretty unfortunate. Yeah. Which venue? <laughs> um, it was called Red Seven for a very long time. Red and then it was Seven. called Barracuda, was what it had been called for the past like handful of years. Okay. Um and he I don't know exactly what happened because this happened when I was gone. And maybe it was around COVID. I'm not sure, but they mm. shut down and he bought it and turned it into a comedy club. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm trying to. So, oh, is it Emos in Austin? Emos, yeah. Emos. Emos has moved around quite a bit. It's it hasn't been in its original location for a long time. Okay, but All there right. is still an Emos. It's like a, it's a lot bigger than it was, and it's like on a different part of town. Um, but it's it's still there. Houston, I remember getting out of the van and my shirt would grow three sizes instantaneously walking <laughs> into the gas station and wondering why. Just why is it this way? I grew up in Alaska, so I had no idea oh, what I was getting wow. into. So like complete opposite. But also a huge state. And mm-hmm. but there's not like 
hotspot cities all over the place to drive mm-hmm. through. There's just like villages and stuff if you go that far. But my man, yeah. Anyways, it's like one one of the few states that I haven't gotten to go to yet. I would love to see Alaska sometime. Oh man, you guys would kill it up there. Really? Absolutely. I, I mean, obviously, I know people play up there, but I guess I don't know. I I can't think of any friends that have. How do you, (laughs) how far of a drive is that from like, I don't even know, from like Vancouver, I guess? We did. (laughs) Or do you have to fly? No, you don't have to fly. But we did, we did, it's like three and a half hours to fly. But we did, um, well, depending where you're at, we were coming from Portland Mm -hmm. or Seattle. We played Furnace Fest like 2003 or something like that and drove immediately from Birmingham, Alabama to Anchorage, Alaska in six and a half days in a van. Uh, it was nuts and <laughs> it was nuts, but you know, it was, it was like, we were going home. Like we were like the hometown heroes. Like we had signed a record deal and got a and had a record out and we're touring and everyone's like, no way. It was not anywhere near as big as people made it out to see him up in Alaska, but coming home to play the state fair with, uh, Everclear and Grand Funk Railroad. Wow. Uh, super weird. Um, but you can drive from like, say Bellingham um washington which is right on the border of canada it's like two hours mm-hmm. north of seattle it's like two if you're having if everyone's like switching spaces you know like i'm gonna drive for 10 hours and you're gonna drive for 10 hours whatever without stomping you do about two and a half two two days two and a half days damn okay some yeah, of those beautiful <laughs> yeah, beautiful I'm scenery sure. ever but it's like a two-lane road the alcan oh, highway wow. and uh a lot of gas stations close at night because mm. it's like someone's like driveway and they have like a trailer okay. out back that where they live so when they go to bed you have to park and wait to get gas oh wow so you have to like figure that out but if you're not an arena band you can absolutely make money by going up there and playing a few nights that's cool the arena bands don't make any money there's no money in it, it, it yeah. it's too expensive but you know playing like there's a place called Chilkoot charlie's and uh there's a new place i don't remember the name uh the taproot maybe anyways they're like bars but like you could do really well up there because and then your band becomes part of the alaskan culture because it's some of the only bands that people have seen Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. kind of how you know what you like it's weird like alaska is a few years behind always so when someone comes up, it's like, oh, my God, that's the only band people are talking about for a long time. And then it changes. The next band comes up or whatever. So, yeah, something to think about. Oh, I'd love I mean, guys- I'm more than happy to go anywhere and play anywhere because I love to travel. You know, it's just yeah. a matter of making it work, which is really difficult sometimes with a full band. And, you know, how that goes. Do you guys sit down and route things out like how you want where you want to go and what you want to do for the year? Do you, or do you have an ancient? um for uh one band yes for one band no okay so but for both yeah i mean it's a mix of like having offers come in if there's a Mm -hmm. band that like thinks of us and wants us to hop on a tour and then if we if we just want to book our own thing that we kind of just map it out ourselves and figure it out but the asian thing has been very recent up until like pretty much this past year i've i've always done it all myself okay that's it. See, I want to talk about that because that stuff, that stuff's interesting to me because that's the way uh, there's that book your own fucking life 
magazine that came out a long time ago about, you know, it basically had everyone's phone number in it if you were willing to put on shows. And it was like this pre-internet uh, amazing thing um, mm-hmm. that we always had in the van. It was always like a, uh, you find it like all the punk record stores and stuff. And it was literally mm-hmm. just like a Bible. It was like sat right on top of your atlas. Like, hey, we're in this town. Oh, is there someone here? Look up that number. Give them a call jump on a show or you could book a whole tour that way i've always wondered about that so i'm i'm that's very cool to to hear that i'm like i would like think about how hard it is for me to book shows now and i'm mm-hmm. like i cannot imagine doing this in like the 90s oh my god like how would you even start <laughs> let alone like having to look at a map everywhere you go because i'm so bad at like following my google maps i can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> having to drive around with a real map um yeah but co- having the phone but yeah that makes sense that's really cool like a network that was printed out for everybody yeah it was like maximum rock and roll did it in like uh uh it was it was nuts like it was the, it was like literally a bible of the united states of of anywhere the smallest town there was some kid or some some uh 20 something that had a place or a mm-hmm. warehouse or something to play a show. <clears throat> and, you know, touring that way is insane. I can only imagine the the cost of calling cards and long distance fees. <laughs> and Or they used to have, they were talking about this thing that made the coin sound. You had a payphone. So you uh-huh. could like hack oh, a payphone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Craziness. <laughs> I'm getting all Honestly, somebody should do this now because... I mean, things kind of still go in the same way or, you know, like I just like hit up a friend. I'm like, because when we, when I started, when I joined Temple of Angels, mm-hmm. I had never been in a band. I had never toured. I'd never done any of this stuff. Um, I was pretty involved in music in Texas, but I didn't know anybody outside of Texas. And so mm-hmm. I just hit up my friends who had toured and been like, Hey, who do you, do you know anyone in this city? You know, or like, who should I hit up and just like piecing it all together from recommendations from friends. But mm. if there was a nice little sheet, a printout, that I, <laughs> you know, somebody should honestly do that. Um, that would be really helpful because it is so difficult to, to do all that on your own. Yeah. And then things fall through or you get, yep. yeah, it's, it's a whole nother world and figuring out how to do it. It's just always going to be that way, learning mm-hmm. curves and and figuring that stuff out. But um, and it's always changing, you know, and yeah. a lot has changed since COVID. A lot of venues went away. A lot of people, I don't know, switch where they were. I don't know, just like so much changes over time always. So it's kind of like starting from scratch sometimes. Mm-hmm. Every time you do it, it's hard, but. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I've i heard. I So I discovered you guys very recently and. It's so it's imparted to another podcast. So there's a there's a um, we used to be on a network called Jabberjaw, and there's a podcast called 100 Words or Less uh, that Ray Harkins does from this band Taken, and he's been doing it longer than I have by a couple years. And he's one of the first podcasts I heard um, when I emailed him like, "Hey, I think I kind of want to do this." He was always encouraging about like, you know, you should do this. So we did it. Um, but they do a year end wrap episode uh, of their top records of the year. With him, uh, Jeremy Bohm, the singer for Touche Amore, and Joey Cahill, he's a record store owner. Um, they all take turns giving their top 10 records. And one of Ray's top 10 records was uh, Endless Pursuit. So 
for those of you listening, Temple of Angels, Endless Pursuit. And uh, mm-hmm. he was talking about how gorgeous this record was. And I was like, I have never heard of this band. And most of the time, I've never heard of the bands they're talking about, mm-hmm. unless it's the National or something. They all love the <laughs> National. Um, and I think that, <laughs> if I remember right, both National records that came out this year were on their <laughs> list, um, which is a great band. But so I was like, I need to check this band out. And then I forgot. And then when I went back and looked in the show notes, he had made a playlist on Spotify. And so I started, I had my son in the truck and I was kind of going through it. And uh, I was like, Temple of Angels, that's the band side. And I put it on. And I was like, oh my God, he wasn't kidding. <laughs> and so I listened and listened and listened. And then I got home and I was like, I'm going to hit these guys up. And uh, here we are. But so literally like less than a month ago discovered wow. your band and well one of your bands when when i hit you up you're like which band is this for i was like excuse me what <laughs> well it was because you know, like i like your band i was like oh i wonder which one i was just you know, wanted to- <laughs> i've never done anything like this before and so i just i'm like trying to mentally prepare myself for what you might want to talk about so that's why i asked oh okay I you've never done a podcast no i've like this is the only interview i've ever done that will be like uploaded to the internet yeah, I've only done like a couple of interviews before and they were just like, you know, edited and included in an article or printed or whatever. But I've never done anything like this. Man, that's going to change. Uh, <laughs> Ray will probably end up hitting you up uh, to come on the show on his I podcast. Say I all I, I like 95 percent of my listening is podcast. So I, I love a podcast. I'll go on a podcast. I'm nice. a little just a little bit nervous about it, but um but um, I'm glad to be doing it. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, hopefully we can get the nervousness away because uh, yeah. it's so easy. That's what's so weird about it is it's so simple. I mean, people overcomplicate it, but it's literally just having a chat and people yeah. listen to it. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. You just got to rip the bandaid off. I get, That's the weird thing. Yeah. It's like I've never just had a conversation of mine immortalized on the Internet that anybody <laughs> could listen to. And that's just like a weird concept. But I used to have a, like when I when we started Temple of Angels, I had a hard time even putting out music. So it took me a very long time to get over that. Um, uh, so it's kind of the same. Not nearly as bad, but <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, now I have to have a conversation and have people perceive it and, and judge it. <laughs> <laughs> you had a hard time putting out like recorded music, like like nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about this because your presence is so powerful. Like I watched the audio audio tree um, oh, recording. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like the, the presence is, is so powerful and confident that Thank you. I'm shocked to hear that there was nerves or there is nerves. Um, it's all an act. But it, keeps, <laughs> just kidding. it keeps it interesting, right? Like it keeps it mm-hmm. important to be nervous about something, but how do you work through that kind of stuff? Like how did you, or how did you work through it? I guess it was purely just exposure therapy. I think, I think I spent my whole life wanting to do this Mm -hmm. and I was very scared and that's a whole other thing. Just very scared of doing it, you know, probably just really afraid of failing, Mm -hmm. you know, trying really hard to do the thing I've always dreamed of. And then failing is like, you know, a hard thing to, (laughs) hard thing to, to get over, I guess. But unfortunately I let that kind of, control me for many years. I was 20, 
five or six when I when I joined Temple of Angels, which is my first band. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been, you know, singing and playing and stuff since I was a child. You know, this is what I always wanted to do, but I waited for so long. Anyways, um, I just like at a certain point, you know, these guys basically just hit me up. Like, I heard we heard that you might like to sing. Like, do you want to try out for a band? Because <laughs> nobody had even heard me sing because I was too scared to like even sing in front of it. I don't know. I was like, I was crazy. Um, I was, so we started and I was too scared for them to even really hear me. So I don't even know why they let me in the band. Cause I don't think they could hear me. <laughs> I don't think my mic was loud enough for them to hear me, but they were just like, yeah, I think that sounds fine. You can be in the band. I was like, okay, cool. Um, but when we played shows, like same thing, I like, didn't want my mic to be loud. I was I was like about to throw up the first time we played, got over playing shows, but then recording like the, the days that we recorded our first EP was fair. I was like sick. I couldn't sleep. I'm just like, um, yeah, I was, I was just scared of it being bad. And so I let that keep me from, you know, from putting myself out there. It's just scary, you know, and I'm also a perfectionist. And so that's something I struggled with a lot is like, I could, I could do better, you know, and, um, always just wanting to, um, it just, it's hard to learn when to just like step back, you know? Um, and so it's just something that I had to learn, um, and not to be so hard on myself and to just, um, not let the fear of doing something bad, keep you from doing anything at all. You know, mm-hmm. I've definitely gotten over that, but it just took time. I just like had to, it's like exposure therapy. Like I said, it's just the more shows I played, the less nervous I got, the more we recorded, like the less nervous I got. Now I don't get, I don't get nervous or scared about that stuff at all. You know, which mm-hmm. is crazy to think about what, how anxious and like nervous and sick I was over that stuff before. Cause now yeah. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care, which isn't true. I'm still a perfectionist. I still want to be good, but I, I definitely feel a lot more like confident in my, you know, in my abilities uh, just from doing it so much. So, um, yeah, but it was a journey. I mean, that was, we started in 2017. So I've probably only gotten to this point over the last like year or two. Honestly, when we recorded Endless Pursuit, I was still, because it was our first, record mm-hmm. the first full length I've ever done I was very nervous you know I just wanted it to be really good and I put way too much pressure on myself probably a lot of the time and just wanting it's just it's hard because when you put something out like that it's like you do your best and then it's done and you can't I can't mm-hmm. go back and fix something you know yeah. once it's out it's out and you kind of just, I just had to learn to let go of that you know mm-hmm. um and um yeah, I'm very glad I finally got to that point, but it was, it's, it was, it was a journey for sure. Well, see, that's something that is very difficult for, I think a lot of people is Mm. letting go of your creation. And -hmm. and it's like Mm -hmm. having a child that grows up and goes out in the world. Like it's no longer yours. Like it's Mm -hmm. no longer, I mean, of course you're responsible for it and what, what it was and what it will become, but Mm -hmm. you don't have control over it anymore. It's such a weird. Did did you have not to get too crazy into it right at the beginning, but were people hard on you when you were growing up, like parents and stuff? Like where did or was the perfectionist thing like a learned behavior? Um, I think it's 
mostly self-inflicted. Okay. Um, my mom was a bit hard on me. Yeah, if you want to get, I, okay. don't, I won't get into it too much. But yeah, <laughs> but with the what's weird is like with music, like her, all of my family has always been so supportive. So if anything, you know, especially my mom, well, my mom and my dad. My dad has uh, been a guitarist his whole life. Mm-hmm. He's he's a musician too, so they were always very encouraging and you know per- encouraging me to pursue this and wondering why I wasn't for so long, you know? So there was never any, um, any, nobody was really like hard on me in in that regard at all. I'm just, I'm just a crazy person and very hard on myself. (laughs) See, I always wonder where that stuff comes from because Mm. you know, you don't, I don't think you come out in the world feeling that way. I feel like it's either learned or, or created somehow that, you know, cause like you think of a kid, like, a young child is always so out there and will say anything mm-hmm. and just look at this. You, like you want everyone to see everything. And no, this isn't every kid, but you know, look what I drew, look what I did, look what I built, look at the, take a picture of this. Like, uh, and they'll just cruise around and just be themselves until mm-hmm. something changes it to where they're then maybe that first time they, someone tells them they're not good or tells them, uh, you know, you're ugly or you're, you're, you're fat or you're whatever, you know, like the first time something pushes back against them, that's not encouragement, I think really like sets a tone for the rest of, of their life. Like that's what starts the, the, I talk about all the time, kids lift with their legs like they're supposed to until you learn to not do it that way. And you throw your back Mm -hmm. out. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, a kid can scream for three hours and not lose their voice until Mm -hmm. you learn to not do it that way and then you scream for one show and your voice is gone like Mm -hmm. you unlearn all these natural behaviors as you're growing up and and i feel like something sets that sets that emotion the nerves and the the second guessing and things like that the confidence yeah i'm skirting around it but it's definitely my mom yeah she was she was a bit hard on me for sure. And that's, that's where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to get into it, but yeah. 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 My mom was pretty hard on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, I've, you know, I, I think I've over, I think I've overcome it. I don't know. Ask me again in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what you're putting out is incredible. So, I mean, thank you. I, I one thing I talk about a lot with my therapist is, is, is re- like, being appreciative of the, 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 whether it's good or bad, being appreciative of what you went through to get mm-hmm. you to where you are. If you're truly happy with where you are, it's a part of the story and it wouldn't happen without it necessarily. And to oh. kind of appreciate those, th- it's the most fucked up weird thing to think about. Um, like if that hadn't happened to me or if that person hadn't done that, like, you know, I'd be in a way different spot. And it's, it's this weird, like kind of taking stock of, of, all these events. Um, I, I completely agree. And that's how I like, that's the point that I've gotten to with all of this too. Cause for a long time I had so much regret that I wasted so much time not making music and releasing it and performing and stuff. Cause like I said, that's all I ever wanted to do. I literally thought about it every day mm-hmm. and you would think, you know, late teens to your early mid twenties, that's like, you know, whatever your prime time for like, you know, doing music and, um, I wasn't doing anything at all, you know? And so I, I, for a long time, just once I finally did it and realized that, Oh, it's okay. And I'm having fun and this is going really well. Like 
then realizing like, oh my God, I wasted so much time. Like, where would I be now if I started back then? But no, mm-hmm. the thing that I've come to realize, especially over this past year, is that I could not have handled any, like I could not have handled this back then. Like I cannot imagine being, go, you know, doing all this touring and the record and all this stuff in like my early twenties. Oh my God. Like, it's just, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. It's very intense. It's exhausting. It's great and fun, but mm-hmm. I definitely mentally would not have been prepared to like handle any of this kind of stuff when I was younger. So I'm now very th- I'm glad that it happened when it did, because I think it was really meant to happen this way, you know? Yeah, that uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it. The younger years are good for energy and having like the resilience to like deal with a lot of shit. But <clears throat> you look at some of these bands, like a good example, like this year, Code 7. I don't know if you've heard that band, but they're it's <laughs> incredible. They went away for like 20 years and just put out the best record they've ever made, like 20 mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. And they were, it was just ready to happen. Like it just came Mm -hmm. out that way. They got back together and put, this was also on that top 10 list. Um, But they're incredible. One of my favorite vocalists of all time, Jeff Jenkins is a singer and and he outdid himself 10 times over from Mm -hmm. before. And that kind of stuff, seeing that kind of stuff happen really like kind of shatters the, the younger band stereotype of like, you're going to create you know, when you're young and angry, right? Like, yeah, you're Mm going to create some cool stuff, but like you're saying, having, being prepared and being able and being in like the right mental space to -hmm. handle what comes with it and to deal with those situations and have some more maturity under your belt can be a great thing. And Mm -hmm. I mean, case in point, you guys are fantastic. And, uh, you you know, I, I wonder how many of these younger bands that maybe take it on too early and end up Mm -hmm. breaking up would have stuck around if they started in their late twenties, you know, all these bands we've lost that were so influential and and incredible. They had like one, one record and an EP or something like that. that just didn't have a big catalog. If they would still be around doing their thing. I don't know, but you said, so you said you went a long time without doing music. What were you doing in that time? What was I doing? Um, Well, I, in college, I was like super involved in the radio station there. So KVRX, shout out, shout out to KVRX at at UT Austin. Um, I got really involved there. So I basically was like, okay, I basically convinced myself that I'm not good enough and I shouldn't bother. I shouldn't even waste my time trying to be in a band. So not good enough to like be in a, be successful in music. So I was like, well, if I can't be a performer, then I should like, obviously music is still like the most important thing in my life. So I should like, I think I just thought like it was more, um, there's more structure and a path in like more of a business type of music, music business type of path. Mm Um, because like, um, it, it was easier for me to wrap my head around at the time, like, oh, I can intern here and then I can apply for this job or whatever. But like when I, cause I grew up in the suburbs of Houston, I had no connection to like music at all or like a, a local scene or anything. I was very isolated from that. Um, I didn't experience that until I got to Austin, but even then it's like, I think for a lot of people it can be, it's like, you have no idea where to start if you want to make music and start playing shows. Like, you know, to a lot of people, it just seems like 
really obvious because maybe you grew up with people that share the same interests and they book shows and they have bands and you like have like a, you know, your community. But if you're someone that is like, like me, I was very isolated from that. I had no idea, like, you know, how to, I didn't know people that were doing that kind of stuff. Um, so just even the thought of like pursuing, you know, um, performing, you know, making music and put, I just had no idea like how to even approach that. So it just seemed so unattainable, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was just like, well, this is too hard. Also, I'm not good enough. So let's not do that. Let's try to do, um, a more, what I thought was straightforward, which of course is not either, you know, like having a career and like music business is also a very hard thing to do. But, um, yeah, so I started out in radio, um, and then through the radio station, like I was involved in like booking the shows there, um, like for South by Southwest and different shows that we would do throughout the year. Um, and like, uh, doing like, like marketing, social media stuff. And then I kind of continued on that path after college, um, stayed involved in like community radio and, um, started working for commercial radio stations too, doing like digital content and marketing and stuff like that. Um, but then also like being in, like, I would help book shows with friends and, you know, and, um, also I was like really into photography. So I was the girl like taking pictures at all of the like punk shows. Um, Mm -hmm. but I secretly just wanted to be in a band, but, um, but I was too scared to, you know, tell anyone that. So, (laughs) um, I honestly, it's like a miracle that even my bandmates like thought to even ask me, you know, um, I don't really know what possessed them, but I'm very glad that they did, you know? Yeah. That's incredible. I, I, so how, let's go back a little further. Mm -hmm. When did you start singing? Like, I know you said like you felt you weren't good enough to be in a band, but when did you start like singing, falling in love with singing, kind of discover that part of you? Literally, I mean, I, I can't really remember before that. So it was like as, whole life. V- yeah, 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 for sure. And when I was a kid, I was totally like always putting on a show for, you know, the family gatherings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't stop me. So <laughs> I was always, they would always throw me on the karaoke machine and make me sing at the Christmas party <laughs> or whatever. And then I started doing the talent shows. Like I did the talent show every year in middle school and high school or whatever. And only got positive again like every I only ever got like positive encouragement and stuff and then some reason like once I got out of high school and moved to Austin and was starting fresh you know Mm -hmm. like I didn't know anybody nobody knew me and then I just I just started like I don't know I just got way too in my head about it Mm -hmm. um and it just kept me from from doing it there was at one point when I was in college I did an open mic night a couple of times where I played guitar and sang a few songs and a friend or two came so a a couple of my friends (laughs) witnessed that which is funny hopefully (laughs) hope to god there's no video but um so I like always wanted to do it and kind of dip my toe in but like ultimately just kind of um, talk myself out of it. Really. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I don't, I, it was just hard. I like cared about it so much. that I've like put way too much pressure on myself thinking that like, if I record something and put it out, it has to be perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would just wasted too much time thinking about that. And I, I, you know, I've had some people come up to me at shows and talk about that. Like they really want to do music, but they don't, you know, they're struggling with this or they don't know what they want it to sound like. And I'm just like, just do it. 
because mm-hmm. that's what I did too. Like I spent, I, I, my interest in music are so like all over the place that something that I maybe used as an excuse, but also something I genuinely didn't know is like, well, if I'm going to do my own music, what the hell is it going to be? Because I like so much different stuff and I couldn't really decide what I wanted to sound like. But what I've learned now too, is you, you will only find that out by doing it. You know, you, you'll only find that out by making stuff, creating it, putting it out there, performing. And over time, you'll figure out what your sound is just from doing it. But you can't like sitting here and trying to just like pick something. It's like, it's like an impossible task kind of, you just have to mm-hmm. just have to do it. That's the, that's the best way to do anything. I feel mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. just to do it. I mean, yeah, there's a demo phase sometimes, Sometimes there's not just get out there and do it. That's, that's really interesting that you went from being like in your, not, I wouldn't necessarily call it a comfort zone, but like where you grew up, like doing, you know, doing the karaoke machine and all that stuff. And then get on your own without a sounding board of people to discuss things with. And you just went completely into your head and your inner voice kind of became your guide when you moved to, to Austin. Mm -hmm. Super interesting that, that it just kind of shifted there. Um, yeah, it should have, totally should have been the opposite. Uh, and I think yeah. it was a combination too of like, obviously school going through school was like extremely difficult. It's so stressful. And, um, so there's that it took up like, you know, it takes, took up my whole life, mm-hmm. um, school. And then, um, I really found my, you know, my community and my comfort zone at the radio station. And I mm-hmm. think just like, I saw like, a what I thought was maybe a more attainable path and just decided like, this is like a safer thing to do instead Mm -hmm. of like putting myself out there in like a really personal way, you know? Um, and so I just kind of convinced myself that that was what I was going to do, even though, you know, I was just burying deep inside that I really wanted to, to be doing music. Um, yeah, I don't know. I obviously think about that a lot or I try to think about it. Not so much anymore because <laughs> I would like just dwell on it. Like, what was I, what was wrong with me? Like, why didn't I just like do it? But, um, it's hard. It's scary. I totally, you know, I was just scared. It's a scary thing to put your, just putting yourself out there. I'm just not, you know, that's mm-hmm. just not, um, really in, in me, you mm-hmm. know? So it, it took a, a lot of, yeah. Um, really had to push myself to like get to this point, you know, but I think I got to a point where like, I realized that like, um, I, how do I word this? I was wasting so much time cause I was so, I was scared of failing, but then I realized the much scarier thing is to realize later in life that I had never tried at all. I would much mm-hmm. rather try and fail then and to say no that I tried than to like be 80 years old and be like damn I should have tried you know yeah so I'm, it just took me way too long to get to that point but, but honestly no you know when I think about it now because I'm uh 32 now of course I was like 20 I was like 24 25 <laughs> like oh my god I'm running out of time I'm so old <laughs> and now I'm like of course you know I, I was so young obviously but um it's hard to not feel that way when you see like, you know, a lot of the artists that, you know, so many artists like are, you know, signed or whatever and blow up and they're 18. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it makes you think that you have to like, you know, start super young or that you're old when you're 25, even though you're absolutely not. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> well, it's like a it's. It, What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone? This is Jay Reason, and I want to let you all know that Diablo Zen Podcast is now part of the Sound Talent Media family. Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Ezak, interview artists from the hardcore punk, metal, hip-hop scenes, and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill, L.A. street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G. from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions and lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, Tier 1, Tier 2 and Tier 3. Tier 1 is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier 2 gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier 3 is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast 
is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. The music industry is a weird thing because it's, mm -hmm. it's, they're playing off what has worked in the past. Like nothing, nothing, they're not looking for the next new big thing. Like they're looking for what worked before mm -hmm. until the next big thing falls in their lap. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, okay, now we can accept this. You know, you look at like, um, like a, a band, like the Melvins, like influenced, you know, heavily influenced Nirvana. But when Nirvana got signed, the Melvins got signed they said, hell yeah, we're going to take that contract. Give us that money. <laughs> So we can live and we'll put out some records. Maybe you'll like them. Maybe you won't. We don't care. And they rode that wave, but they've influenced countless bands since then. But like, there's no, there's no rules. It's just mm -hmm. what worked in the past. And it's, oh, well, this band is too old. Like in mm -hmm. early thirties, give me a break. Sure. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to sell something, you know, uh, to the, the, the least common denominator of music fan, Sure. Mm -hmm. They want the young, whatever, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter to an actual, to a music fan, like a real music fan. If you're 50 years old, you're 60 years old, a hundred years old, you're putting out good music that it connects with, you know? So commercially, maybe you'll get some pushback on things, but it doesn't really matter. Like we, maybe that's, and what I was thinking earlier, maybe that's why what you do is so captivating because took so long to get there and mm -hmm. it's now it had time to become its own thing where mm -hmm. it wasn't forced it wasn't it wasn't it just had been hibernating i guess because you were you were working like ancillary stuff to music like you were mm -hmm. you were always around music for what you're saying mm -hmm. like with the radio station and being involved that way mm -hmm. like your toe never left the water it mm -hmm. just no. you were just circling the pond mm -hmm. and you know, that, that has a lot to do with it, I think, because it seems like you knew in your heart, that's what you really wanted to do. And you were going to mm -hmm. stay tied to it, even if you were too scared, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you could have tucked tail and run anywhere else and done mm -hmm. anything else. Right. I mean, college is a, you could have done anything in college. You could have, you know, mm -hmm. shied away from it entirely and just listened to music in your room. And that was what you enjoyed, but it, it mm -hmm. seemed to have worked out in a really good way. Um, yeah. with what you're doing now, like it's, 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 uh, 
it's incredible stuff. And that's like that's why I said like I've had I've been able to sit with it for less than a month, and it's just blew my mind. Like, like this is awesome. Like it's, it got me excited again, and it doesn't happen a lot, surprisingly, because I do this you know every week. But like mm-hmm. it got me excited. You know, my son liked it. Like my son <laughs> is a big music guy, but he's uh he's he's got autism, so he he he's very sensitive to sound and things. Mm-hmm. So like if I put on something that's more aggressive, mm-hmm. he reacts that way. Whereas when uh, I put the record on, like it, there's a few people I've talked to that I've said this to that, that it seemed to soothe him in a way like he just became relaxed with it, not in like a comfortable way necessarily, but like he believed in it. Like it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't doing something to him that was causing him discomfort or anxiety he just kind of gave mm. way to it and it so we'll listen to a lot of post rock stuff because mm. he loves those big swells and things like and there's just so much substance and and like what Ray was saying this is a beautiful record like just gorgeous uh you know thank you that's re- that's really cool that makes me happy I'm to just hear just circling the compliments here but like the the uh, I have a problem doing that sometimes on this show where I'm just like, oh, so awesome. Um, Cause I don't get excited a whole lot about music anymore. And it's just, it's sad, but there's just so much of it. That's just fed to me mm. in my email every, every day, mm-hmm. you know, 40 different uh, check out this band from here and this band's doing this and this person from this band's doing that. And it just like clouds your brain. To where mm-hmm. when you can actually just find something like that that's that connects, it's so much better. And uh yeah, I'm just so glad you stuck with it and decided to get out there and do it because I mean, like I said, my God, it's it's awesome. And the 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 confidence and the the presence that you have, you know, it seems like you've been doing it your whole life. Like I wouldn't have imagined your story being anything other than that from mm-hmm. just watching those performances like like just you've got it well, <laughs> <I guess>. you. <laughs> enough said end of the show no. <laughs> but i love that you got into radio because mm-hmm. radio is where i discovered music both hearing it on the radio my dad had a radio show oh cool i would listen to records in the record room because i couldn't keep quiet uh, I always wanted to go with him, but he did it all at one shot. Kind of like we're doing now. Like it's all recorded. Of course, I can go back and edit it if I wanted to, which I don't. But he would play the music, do the buffer, play the music, do the buffer all in one tape. Like this was mm-hmm. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I had to be quiet because if I ruined it, he'd have to go back and start over again. It was mm-hmm. a volunteer radio station in Petersburg, Alaska. And uh, I'd sit in the record room and just play records. And, uh, that's how I started discovering stuff, but it was all due to radio. Mm-hmm. And people always talk about how they hate the radio. I hate the commercials, but the mm-hmm. radio, I mean, you could, you have music anywhere, mm-hmm. anywhere in the world. If you had something that could play it, you could play it, you know, a village that's somewhere. How I it's crazy. got into music too. Yeah. I love, I love radio um but like as a kid in the suburbs you know mm-hmm. i just i got really into like listening to internet radio stations and mm-hmm. or listening to radio stations in like different countries um and that was i definitely discovered a lot of music that way and it just like 
there's something really fun about it. You know, it's like same as like live TV, which also is like, you know, lost its like prominence, but like just something about like with ever listening with other people like around the world to this one song at the same time. I don't know. It's just like really, um, there's like some kind of connection to it that, you know, I just have a lot of fond memories of it because that was the, you know, when I was a little kid, that was, you know, before I had a computer with internet and stuff, like I just had my radio and after I was supposed to be in bed, I would like put it on like the the lowest volume possible yeah so then i could listen to what they're playing and um usually late at like late at nights on like the weekends in houston they would like broadcast live from like dance clubs and they're just like playing like you know techno and stuff and to me i was it was like listening to like a different planet or something mm-hmm. you know it's just like whoa what is going on is this what grown-ups <laughs> listen to like this is crazy <laughs> and so yeah i love radio you know yeah i love it i love how you said that like it's someone else in the world is listening to the same song at the same time mm-hmm. it makes the world a lot smaller mm-hmm. and uh i did the same thing turn the radio on lower put headphones on my Walkman, I'm 41, so a little bit older, but I had a Walkman, like a cassette Walkman, and it had mm-hmm. a radio on it mm-hmm. until they became the Discman. They didn't have radio anymore, but I could just click that on anywhere and pull mm-hmm. up a radio station. And radio radio hosts were like superheroes. Like you didn't know what they looked like ever, <laughs> yeah. and there's yeah. probably a reason for that after playing yeah. some radio shows. Um, like, oh, that's who this is? Like this, this dude you'd see like – and not to classify all the radio hosts, but like there was a dude, I forget his name, back in lot. But when we went and did a, a radio show, we walked in. I was like, that's the, that <laughs> voice is coming from him. And he goes online and like hits the mic. And I'm just like, that's him. Yeah. It would blow my mind. I remember like many years later thinking back to that same, like those shows I would listen to as a kid mm-hmm. and like the, the DJs. Um, I still remember their names. And I remember like probably a few years ago being like, what did these people even look like? And I looked it up and it just like blew my mind, you know, because <laughs> I can like still hear their voices. But like I, ne- I had never had any idea what they looked like. So it's yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, like a ripped sweat, ripped T-shirt and sweatpants and like just like some out of like a a graphic novel or something like a like a villain from a graphic novel or someone's like shitty stepdad it was like always the look and yeah it's like what is this but then the voice comes out and that's all it is you know and that's the other thing with radio there's no body language Mm-hmm. Like you are having mm-hmm. to like generate excitement about something with just your voice and your words and you're also under the constraints of the FCC. So like there's certain things you can't say <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you know, like the whole Howard Stern thing, like how he's pushing boundaries, but like podcasting is the wild West. You can say anything you mm-hmm. want. Of course you're going to really piss some people off, but you can do it. And there's nothing, mm-hmm. no law against it. It's super crazy because anytime uh, I did this for radio for a little while and, and made a version for radio and I hated it because I was like, I have to cut like, so much of this out not even language just time and make room for three sets of commercials i'm like mm-hmm. man this is terrible but back in the day like that's what that was all seemed to be done already like it was formatted mm-hmm. um which made it a lot more smooth and then you think about who gets up in the live. morning for that you were doing all of it live yeah well when i was doing like college radio and community radio i was doing all of that live mixing it live and having spending hours you know preparing because i had to like 
closely listened to make sure that there were no um, expletives that I would get like fined for, you know, which is always like so stressful. Um, yeah, it was like, it's a very stressful thing to do it live and like commercial stations don't really operate that way. But yes, to answer your second question, there's, there is some people whose job it is to wake up really early and cut all that together (laughs) or there's, or there's somebody else in the booth doing it, you know, usually. Sure. Did you get nervous doing the radio stuff though? Like, cause you could kind of make it as perfect as you could and send it out, even though it was live, like you could still kind of no, maybe you can't doctor it necessarily, but there was, it was yeah. less than maybe it, maybe I'm just tying myself in a we knot here. Straight live. Straight live. Straight up live. So did yeah. you have the same fears? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would get like, I think I would just, there's just like so many different things going on. And of course being in student radio, at least at the time, I don't know what things are like now. I was actually just asking a friend who's there more recently. I'm like, what's it? Do they have like, do, have they ever like upgraded anything? Cause like when I was there, nothing worked, you mm-hmm. know, like nothing ever worked. So there's just like so many different factors and it could be kind of chaotic sometimes. So mm-hmm. that's why it would just like get a bit nervous um, sometimes just cause I would be like overstimulated. <laughs> I think I'd be much better about doing it now, but um. Yeah, it's 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 very hard to like manage all of that, like having your songs queued up, but then also knowing you have to like play some ads, and then mm-hmm. you also are like updating on the computer what song you're playing, so that the website shows. There's like a lot going on, so it was kind of like it was a little um, uh, nerve wracking <laughs> for no reason. Again, for no reason. I just like I'm just like you know a perfectionist about everything to a fault. It just means you care. I do it care. It just means yeah. you care, and I that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a positive thing. It's detrimental to your uh, mental health, mental health, <laughs> and lifespan. It's good for you, it's but it's good for, for everybody people. else. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the sacrifices we make. <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> it's taking years off your life, and the hair's falling out. But damn, it sounds good. You know. That's that's the well, whole that's thing. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> These records will outlive all of us. Like it's it's it'll be there forever. Well, hopefully you know, forever. Yeah. Who knows? We don't know. Yep. Everything gets eliminated and erased. <laughs> you know. But down the line, it's going to be inspiring people for a long time. You know. And that's the other scary thing is mm-hmm. it will probably outlive us. You know, like mm-hmm. building a building or, uh, you know kids or anything it's gonna outlive you hopefully um and that's just adds to the terror (laughs) and the stress (laughs) oh my god if if anything i ever do could you know uh inspire one person or leave an impact on one person and that's like everything is worth it you know Mm. Like I think about that sometimes. I'm like, I wonder what 15 year old Brie would think of me now. Like she would be absolutely blown away, you know. Yeah. Like to her, I've like I've made it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, I feel you know, like I've done every, I've done more than I ever thought that I could do, you know. So, um, I'm very thankful for that. Do you think that 15 year old Brie would have continued to try to be today, Brie? Mm. if she had seen what you've become at this point do you I think mean, it would I, have made things easier or do you think it could have derailed everything um yeah i mean who knows if i had the like 
the confidence to do this back then, then I, yeah, who knows where I'd be now? That's, mm-hmm. you know, we'll never know. But I think, um, yeah, probably, it probably wouldn't have been, I mean, I just, I was not capable of doing this then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, if I had, and it probably wouldn't have gone well, I'd probably be, I probably wouldn't be doing it now. <laughs> you know, I probably would have burned myself out yeah. and quit, you know? So I, cause I just wasn't, I had, yeah, not the slightest ability to, to handle all of this stuff. Um, so yeah, it was definitely not, it was definitely not meant to happen then. Yeah. It was I, meant to happen now. And it is. And it's, 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 like I said, it's fantastic. Like when you guys, so, so you said 2017, you guys started with, with Temple of Angels. Yeah. Yeah. We started, yeah, I think towards the beginning of 2017. Okay. So, so we started the, rehearsing. And so and the band, the, so these, these people got together and then called you. Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, we hear you may like to sing, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So the whole band came to get, they, they weren't a band already necessarily. It was all they, at once. Well, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was, it was four of them. Um, they had already written like five songs, uh-huh. um, instrumentals. So they had, and they recorded a demo. So they had recorded like five demos and I think they had tried a few uh, vocalists and they just hadn't found someone that they felt was right yet. Mm-hmm. And so they must've just, they must've been down bad because they only <laughs> went to me who would never <laughs> sing in front of like anyone and nobody had ever heard me sing. So they must've been desperate. <laughs> um, um, but somebody who's in the band who's no longer in the band was the only person that I even kind of knew. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know the other three guys like, Two of them I would see at shows sometimes, but we didn't really know each other. One of them I'd never met before. Um, so, and the person I did know, I didn't really know that well. He like worked at a venue. So we would like, you know, I would see him there pretty often or whatever. Um, so we knew each other and we had joked over like every now and then we'd see each other and be like, yo, when are we starting a band? You know, just kind of like joking about it. Um, I mean, I was serious. I'm sh- he obviously was too, but like, I mean, this went on for like a couple of years, obviously. Um, until one day I ran into him, I think, or he just messaged me and was like, Hey, so we've actually, I have these songs I've been writing. Um, uh, let me know if what you think, or if you actually want to try, we need like a, we're looking for a vocalist. And I listened to them and I was just like, Oh my God, this is really good. You know, and not that I wasn't expecting it, but it was just like, uh, it was not what we had like the kind of music we had talked about before. Um, so I like, it was totally different than I expected. And it was just very much up my alley. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh yeah, I like really need to go for this. You know, this is like my chance really mm-hmm. to like, see, I'm basically being handed these really great songs. Um, this is like the perfect chance for me to like give this a shot and, and get comfortable playing shows and see if I like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, I came to, they, I sat with the songs for, I don't know how long, a few weeks maybe, and came to one of their rehearsals. Um, they had like a shared rehearsal space at the time and <laughs> I was so nervous. I was like sick for days cause I was so nervous and I get there like shaking, you know, and the power goes out the power goes out and so we literally can't even do any do anything so like i've met everyone we talked for a bit and like i got to hear they told me kind of what they were envisioning for the vocals mm-hmm. and i was like cool cool that is not what i did at all so <laughs> I, I went home and basically redid rethought my approach kind of a little bit 
it, it just like talk getting to talk to them about it mm-hmm. and their vision for the band like um gave me more perspective because at first it was just like a total you know blank slate they're like yeah do whatever you want but then after talking to them i was like okay okay i see i see what you're thinking you know um because i was i was just trying to go in for it like super intense like mm-hmm. you know like post-punk like suzy vocal which the songs i don't think any of these songs really maybe two of them survived on onto our first ep but mm-hmm. i think most of them didn't but like one of them is called guessing game it's like the first song on the first ep mm-hmm. that one was one of those demos and i think i initially was just singing everything like real with a, a lot more intensity which i still have in a lot of the songs but they were also really into like a lot of softer vocalists too and i was like oh okay maybe i can like reel it back some too and like mm-hmm. play around with different styles instead of because they're all the reason i knew them because they're all like in punk bands you know mm-hmm. and so um and that yeah that's that's the scene that we met in so i kind of went into this thinking like post-punk and then i was like oh maybe i should actually soften it a bit um so yeah i like went home i didn't tell them this but i was like oh yeah cool that sounds good yeah that's totally what i did <laughs> and then i went home and like rewrote everything <laughs> and came back and um they never asked me to leave so <laughs> here, i'm still here um yeah but that's it seems like that was i think i think we all met and started playing in 2017 yeah or and then we played our first show that summer man yeah the power goes out and saves the day <laughs> Thank <laughs> just God. a little longer honestly, honestly on, they, it, I, i've thought about that before like if that didn't happen and i did what i initially did they probably would have been like oh hell no get no you gotta Who the hell is else. this yeah <laughs> what is she doing <laughs> thank god we were completely wrong it was divine intervention uh-huh. the power <laughs> if only we knew what caused the power to go out there and make the story <laughs> even deeper yeah you know uh it's like the the final exam pulling the fire alarm kind of gig but literally like, yeah, yeah oh, i'm gonna go home and spend a little more time with this yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love that oh my god i love those stories because it's so mm-hmm. it, it seems so minute but it's it's mm-hmm. so huge because mm-hmm. it could have changed the whole trajectory it could there. have changed the course of yeah my life yeah <laughs> honestly honestly a power outage God yeah damn. <laughs> right <laughs> we had a cd release show once that we had sold out it had sold out and we were so stoked and every band that opened the show played and then as we're setting up, the power goes out. Oh, no. Everyone sat on the floor and waited for two hours. It, it was late at this point for two hours. And then finally we said, you know, what? we're just going to reschedule it. And so we had to reschedule the whole thing. Yeah. All the same bands came out, but we finally got to play. But man, it didn't happen that night. It did not happen when it was supposed to. And who knows what would have happened. But uh, <laughs> it, it was a huge bummer because we really just, fuck, Really? no like everyone else got to play that night except for us <laughs> and you, you get a cd with entry was kind of the deal we did so mm-hmm. by the time we rescheduled it everyone had the record for like two weeks <laughs> so they all knew the songs a lot better and stuff and it's like stuff they hadn't heard before so it kind of worked out but well there you go yeah so, so they were all probably like singing along and really into it then yeah and it was a venue we worked at so we got the venue for free twice which was awesome well, that's nice so the, yeah. the they lost a bunch of money twice because <laughs> we had to honor the tickets from before. So um, uh, yeah, that oops. whole deal. Um, 
Tell me about Crush though, because do you get did you guys just do some Deaf Heaven shows? We did, yeah. That's one of my favorite bands. Oh uh, yeah, they were they were incredible. They, my bandmate Sean, who plays in Crush, um, has been filling in on guitar for them on some touring recently. Really. Um, because one of their guitarists um, has recently had a had a baby, oh. and so he's like just kind of uh, not going on all of the tour dates currently. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sean has been Sean has been friends with them, I think, for a long time, and has been playing guitar with them sometimes. And uh, yeah, they asked us to play. I think we just did, yeah, just uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles mm-hmm. uh, about a month ago, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was great, incredible. And Touche Moray played as well that's okay maybe that's where yeah. i maybe that's yeah. where I, it was probably that fucking episode because mm. jeremy was talking i think that's where he's mentioning the deaf heaven shows with touche when, uh, when was the podcast episode was it like sometime last month it was like right yeah right before the end of the year like yeah, right before the end of the year. We, these shows were the first week of december i think yeah God, that's another fantastic <clears throat> band mm, they were the they're the live shows were were crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Jeremy's fantastic. He's been on the show. He's he's great. Um, I love that. I love that band. But um, you're getting some really great stuff going here. Like, feel. I mean, especially starting 2017, like with all through COVID and all that shit, with touring being just nullified, like gone. To be like at the level you guys are at right now is 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 incredible. Like it just shows the work ethic behind it, and the the fact that you guys can come through, and and deliver, is it's awesome. Like it's just like I was saying earlier, like seeing those the audio tree. I love audio tree. Me too. It's We're so very, cool. Very excited to get to to get oh. to to be asked to do that finally. And the studio was awesome. Everyone was so lovely. If I felt very special, I was very excited to get to do that. Yeah, and they document it in such a great way. Mm-hmm. Like the video is incredible, and the audio is great. And then you get to throw it up on Spotify. Like it's it just documents this though, performance. What's that up? was a very new experience for me, and I was very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've never had, you know, I've never had. Like, that was the first time I've had like a professional live recording like that, uh-huh. and you know, video too. It's like, and it's like well lit. Usually, we're uh-huh. people recording us, sure, but it's like dark and mysterious or whatever. But nope, we're in a studio with lights and great quality audio. Like, there's yep. no room for error. Um, so it was nerve wracking, but we, since it was in the middle of our tour, we were pretty warmed up, which was good and yeah. um uh i think it turned out pretty well it turned out fantastic and okay. crystal clear everything the video the audio it, it was one of the better ones because sometimes it gets a little dicey mm-hmm. which of course it's going to uh, in a show like that but you guys like hit it hard like that was that is such an awesome documentation of what you guys are doing and and that's Thank you. you know, from Ray saying just how beautiful this record is to then checking it out to then now chatting with you, like it's just awesome stuff, man. Like it's I'm I'm so stoked for what's to come for you guys because are you guys coming up northwest anytime soon? Um, neither band has has shows planned up there right now. No. Uh, Temple of Angels just came through very recently, so you missed us. I missed it. Um, Where did you play? Yeah. <clears throat> In Portland. If I heard the name of the venue, I would know. It seemed like it was maybe like it used to be a church or something. It was like um Oh, was it Polaris Hall? Yes, yes. Okay, that is a block. That's across the street from my studio. <laughs> 
Well, then where were you? I could see. I could. I'm probably trying to find parking because those bastards park everywhere, and I can't park when I get here. Uh, it's a. It's literally across the street. Uh, from the it was studio. a very cool venue. Very cool venue. It's awesome. They used to like weddings yeah. there and stuff, I think. And then they made it a venue recently. Mm-hmm. Last couple of years, maybe. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, literally across the street. That's very funny. <laughs> I parked sure in front we'll of it uh, <laughs> just a little bit ago when I got here in the snow. <laughs> but I will look forward to the next time you're coming through because I need to see it. I need to see it live. And, It'll definitely uh, happen, and and Crush will too. Sean, my bandmate, lives lives in Portland, actually. Oh, sweet. Okay. And actually, one of my bandmates in Temple of Angels lives there too. Cole. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Damn yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm you s- might see him walking around. Yeah. If you see a, Tex- a Texan with long curly hair, <laughs> say hi. That's he's always got his cowboy boots on. You'll 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 know when you see him. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, man, this is I'm so out of touch with what, who's in Portland and who's not anymore. I, I mean, nobody really. I, you know, we don't nobody would know that yeah, yeah. but he's he, he moved up there call um moved up there during covid during covid okay. like right around the time i moved to los angeles man there's a lot of good bands in portland right now too like oh it's crazy um if you ever get up this way if you're recording or whatever whatever you know what i mean like for whatever mm-hmm. reason uh let me know because uh i would love to say hi and uh Absolutely. man i well, hopefully this wasn't too terrible for you of a, no, of a first experience. And thank you. This was a great first experience. Good. I feel confident and ready to do all of the interviews awesome. now. Because <laughs> I hope I hope Ray hits you up and asks you to come on his show too, because that's how I heard of you. And um, but he, yeah, I don't know where he discovered it from. Uh, I don't remember what he mentioned or how he came across the music. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, Man, I'm glad he did. And I always listen to that episode. If I don't listen to any other episode the rest of the year, that's when I listen to because those guys have their finger on the pulse of a lot of things mm-hmm. that I've never heard. And I always pick something out of it. Um, in this case, it was your band and, and uh, awesome well, stuff. Shout, shout out to Ray for yeah. for putting it, putting you on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> putting anyone else on there. Anyone else on. I'll check out the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's the year end wrap up episode. And, and, uh, yeah, that had Jeremy. Jeremy mentioned yeah, that had to be where I heard it about the Deaf Heaven shows. Um, mm. But um, thank you again for doing this so much, and uh, this was awesome. And uh, you know, I'm just so excited about what's to come for you guys, and to hear, you know, where you guys take this thing because it's incredible what you got going right now. And I'm glad you got over your fear <laughs> and got out there and did it because it's it's awesome. It really Thank is. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I'll let you get back to your evening. And um, yeah, this will be out very soon. I'll be in touch. Um, and if there's any, like a photo you want to use for the episode image that you'd prefer, anything like that, um, we'll get it all dialed and, and out to the world. Well, sounds good. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you, Bree. We'll be in touch soon. All right. Sounds all right. good. Have Bye. a good one. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Bree Morell from Temple of Angels from Crushed. Crushed just did some shows, as you heard, with Deaf Heaven and uh, Temple of Angels. I missed coming through town because I only heard of them a month ago, uh, but I will not let that happen again. Um, I'm so stoked on this band. They are so good. Go check out their Audio Tree performance. Go listen to their stuff. Support them. Um I just really am getting stoked on a lot of music this year. It's been a while since I've been really stoked on something. And uh, I'm glad it's coming back. 
It, I go I go through phases and waves of being into music, not being into music, being into podcasts, not listening to any podcasts. Even though I do one about music mainly, uh, I, I go through these waves and it's kind of these little seasons of of the year, as it were. And uh, that was a long one the last time where I was just kind of uninspired for for music and things like that. And that's in my own head. Like it's something I love truly. And uh, it's funny, you can love something truly like that and just lose interest completely for a little while. It's just this kind of up and down kind of thing that, I don't know, it goes on my whole life. So uh, with all kinds of things, but this is uh, the one that stayed consistent for over seven years. So thank you guys for sticking with me and, and being there and listening and supporting and spreading the word. It's kind of awesome to establish a community on something that started as an idea in your head and uh make it a reality and make it tangible and um yeah i just really i I sometimes i just sit back and look and like jesus christ man like seven years ago this was literally sitting in the car trying to come up with an idea of what to do how to do it hitting up people that had done it before to like what do you use how do you record this like to now it's like a a profession and uh just a, a a fun skill to have and it's taken this long to get there, but I really uh, appreciate the journey and we're nowhere near where we will be. Um, but you guys are helping along the way and that's all I can ask. So I'm going to get out of here. I got a lot of stuff going on. I got a lot of episodes to do as usual. Busy, busy life, but uh, I'm glad to spend this time with you and, and uh, hopefully you guys have a good week and we'll see you next week. And as always, we'll see you on the radio. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.